Welcome to your bestie SD <laughs> podcast. I'm Ariel and I'm here with Alyssa as usual, who is my bestie SD and now your bestie SD and also a very special guest today. We'd like to welcome Hannah Fraser. <laughs> so nice to meet you both. Also known as Hannah Mermaid. It's wonderful to have you here with us today, Hannah. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much. It's my first beauty podcast I've been on, so it'll be fun. Well, it'll be your first and hopefully your favorite. So far, so good. <laughs> and Hannah Mermaid is an internationally acclaimed mermaid, ocean conservationist, underwater model, speaker, and a servant of the sea. She also leads mermaid workshops, including Remembering Atlantis, hosted annually at a luxury eco-resort in Bali. She was featured on the recently Emmy-nominated Netflix documentary, Mer People, which I watched recently, and I was I thought it was just the coolest thing ever. So, oh, Hannah, my gosh. <laughs> in the documentary, you were described as being the OG professional mermaid. So like the originator of this mermaid as a job. Um, how did you get started doing that? Well, I was that kid who was always at the bottom of the pool having me on private tea parties and picking up pennies and pretending <laughs> I was a mermaid. I made mermaid pictures, like my stick figure drawings as a child had mermaid tails. I made mermaid sculptures <laughs> as a little kid. I was obsessed. I don't know where it came from. I was old enough to be pre-Little Mermaid animation. But when I was nine, I saw the film Splash with Daryl Hannah and Tom Hanks and I love that fell movie. in love with it. I just thought that she was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen and that she did her own stunts. And I realized I could do what she did. And so I made my own mermaid tail, which was hilarious it was like wow. um, orange plastic tablecloth material with pillow stuffing in the end totally non-functional it did way more to drown me than to help me swim but it was definitely sink or swim moment and I made the thing work I swam around in the pool in it for um, months at a time and, and then it finally disintegrated but my passion for being a real life mermaid had been ignited super early and then I, I didn't live near the ocean or the, the or have a pool for most of my childhood into teen into until I moved to Byron Bay in Australia when I was 21. And then I lived my best mermaid life right on the ocean. I married a surfer for eight years. We traveled oh. the world, and during that time, I created my mermaid, my first prototype adult mermaid tail, and. You know, the first one was kind of janky. It was. But it was an um, upgrade. It was an upgrade from my childhood one. It had <laughs> fins in it, but it also had like a boomerang, very Australian, with um, coat hangers and so duct creative. tape and all just construction, just trying to create a monofin, which I didn't even know existed. Um, and then it actually worked reasonably well once I kind of covered up the jankiness. And then I realized, <laughs> oh, people actually have mono fins for free diving. So I can use that and like cut it to shape to, to do what I want to do. So at that um, point, were you then, free diving also in Australia? Um, naturally, I've never done like free dive course. But I, I've always been a natural free diver of breath hold. So my mom also took me to meditation ashrams throughout my childhood. So I learned yoga, meditation, breath work, and um, that that really gave me a great 
head start in all of the things that I needed without realizing that I was setting myself to, up to be a mermaid. And back in 2003, when I made my first tail, there was nothing on the market. Like I looked online, I called people, I talked to movie houses, I even talked to the guy that made the tail from Splash. And he was like, yeah, we spent like $30,000 making a tail that, you know, ripped and she had to be siliconed in, into it oh and she couldn't goodness. eat for nine hours. I was like, well, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. <laughs> so I figured out how to make my own. And, and you made it more um, fun. Yeah. <laughs> I made it so much fun. And yeah, there was no one else doing it at that time as a freelance professional job. So I guess I kind of started a vocation. Now there's mermaid, merpeople, Netflix series, there's mermaid yeah. schools all over the world, there's mermaid conventions, there's tail makers, there's crown makers, there's bra makers. It's just, uh, as they say in the documentary, I think that's at a half a billion dollar industry per year. That's insane. Uh, Ariel and I actually, for a girls' night, bought, do you remember those mermaid tail blankets? <gasps> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We, we had that. Oh, someone Did... gave me one once and I was like, I can't wear this in the water. <laughs> <laughs> and we watched, we would watch like reality TV and like have snacks and we would wear our mermaid. I was as close to being Cute. real mermaids that we've ever gotten. <laughs> yes. Well, at least you made an effort. You were a couch mermaid. <laughs> oh, I love couch that. mermaids. That's couch accurate. Mermaids also rock mermaids which are the ones that just like to wear tails but they don't really like to get them wet and they just like to sit on rocks and look pretty that's that's the woman who goes in the pool it's definitely me um who goes in the pool and says but i'm not gonna get my hair wet yes <laughs> i would come and i always you. say that and then i end up getting my hair wet i can't i yeah. can't go in the pool and not dunk under and every time i even even as an adult i fantasize about yeah. being a mermaid i think i think we all do I, you oh, know, what? yeah, my name's Ariel. So everyone always makes that association. You tell people right. when you introduce yourself, you literally say Ariel, like the mermaid to everyone. I've, I've known you for <laughs> like 20 years now and you have always done that. Well, otherwise they write my name Aaron on the Starbucks cup. Oh, <laughs> oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Hannah, what is your favorite part of being a mermaid besides being able to sort of live out your mermaid fantasy? Well, the feeling of being a mermaid once you get comfortable underwater is like flying. So uh, just on a personal level, that's what really makes me feel lit up. But the most exciting things that happen for me as a mermaid is interacting with large ocean animals. Oh my God. So I've swum with whales, dolphins, sharks, manta rays, stingrays, whale sharks, um, all over the world. And to me, it's like going to outer space and meeting intelligent, sentient beings. It's so epic and humbling and exciting to me. And so my main passion is to showcase the interactions that humans and animals can have and learning to respect them in their natural environment, look after their natural environment so that we still have the opportunity and we don't ruin the whole ecosystem. That's a really powerful thing. You describe yourself as being a servant of the sea. So as being a servant of the sea to you sort of means advocating for the, the marine life and saving their ecosystem. Yeah. 
well, you know, I want to be a voice for those that can't speak for themselves. And servant of the sea I got from, you know, a myrrh and maid. Maid means servant and myrrh is of the sea. So the word mermaid is literally servant of the sea. So I, I don't want to be just a rock mermaid. I want to be, um, <laughs> you know, really utilizing the personality and the allure of the mermaid uh, character to inspire people to make changes, like real changes, change laws, change eating habits, change, you know, even down to your beauty choices, yeah. things like that, that really make a difference for the ocean and its inhabitants. Speaking to that a little bit and kind of bringing it to the beauty aspect, you know, there's a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of products that are not ocean safe, like sunscreens and whatnot. But mm-hmm. then even more than that, there are products that or specific ingredients that are derived from sea, like sea animals, like squalene totally. like there's, is yes. from shark liver. So getting a plant-derived squalene oil is super important. Mm-hmm. And it's stuff that people don't know. They don't know they go into. I didn't well. even know. And I was a mermaid. And then my friend said, oh, did you look at all of these products on the shelf? I'm like, what is that stuff? And he's like, it's sharks. And I was like, what? Oh what? No. So for me, I try to to, uh, stay educated on that kind of stuff and look at where the ingredients are being derived from and informing my clients, you know, where it comes from and what to look for. And, you know, I do it on my Instagram as well, because you wouldn't know. Why would you think to ask? You wouldn't think to ask where Swaling is coming from. They're not just saying we kill sharks and put it in this cream. Right. Colin are also a weird name. (laughs) Yeah. And speaking of sharks, you know, people often get this like, oh, but they're scary killers. Like, I don't really care if they die. Well, the reality is that only under 10 humans are killed by sharks per year. And humans kill over 100 million sharks per year. Wow. That's 10,000 every hour, every hour. So it's mind blowing that we think that they are the predators and we are like the innocent um, ones. And having swum with sharks, I swam with 17 foot great white sharks in the open ocean wearing a mermaid tail. Not probably the most advisable, but the fact that I did it for a week straight in Guadalupe Island in Mexico and didn't get eaten definitely tells you something like they're not out waiting for us there to take a chomp. Most shark attacks are mistaken identity. And we've also eviscerated the oceans of fish. Um, we've taken so many fish out of the food chain. So sharks are starving in many areas. So they're getting desperate. They see something floundering at the surface. And they're like, what's that? They take a bite and then they like, go, oh, you don't taste good. You know, I have friends who run a shark tour down in the Bahamas where I swam with 17-foot tiger sharks and actually tickled their nose. And they did an experiment where they put uh, cow blood into the ocean and the sharks were like, nah, that's not We don't want it. And then they put human blood in the ocean and the sharks were still like, nah, that's not really interesting. And then they put fish blood in and they go absolutely nuts. And the reason yeah. for that is that human uh, that fish blood has a way higher oil content, and that's really what they're looking for for their diet. Oh, so, yeah, it's an okay. interesting little factoid. But by all of the animals I've swam with in the ocean, the tiger sharks were the most interactive and actually came up and didn't mind being touched. 
and like I ran my you... fingers along the bottom of their oh, bodies and like felt the musculature and touched their fins as they went past and even was able to like touch them on the the nose and to me that's just mind-blowing that what we think of these crazy killer animal predators are the ones that are the most interactive and willing to have touch with us is totally changed my mind and yeah. um, hopefully by showing my my videos of me dancing with tiger sharks like a lot of people have also written and said wow you totally changed my mind on sharks and now I'm willing to go in the ocean where I never was before yeah um for those of you listening along who haven't checked out Hannah Mermaid's Instagram you should there's some amazing photographs of Hannah swimming with sharks and whales and just in amazing costumes with gorgeous hair and makeup like when I put a mermaid tail on it's like I get my superpower it's like Superman's cape because I can go faster and stronger underwater and I move like animals in there so I'm less um, strange to them and like swimming with whales was probably one of the most exciting awe-inspiring things I've ever done in my life there's this moment where I was looking down into the ocean, into the deep blue, and the the sunlight was just going down in these huge shafts and just giving me this sense of endless space. And then I see this whale shape kind of coming up from the deep blue. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is cool. And then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm like, oh, my, oh gosh. my God, I'm an ant. I'm insignificant. It's just going to like accidentally eat me or I'm going to go in its blowhole or it's going to flip <laughs> its tail and it won't even notice that it's knocked my head off. And and then it comes up closer and closer and it just kind of comes to the side. And then I notice it's looking at me with an eye that is the size of my head. <laughs> and it's totally conscious and sentient. It's checking me out. And I start wow. moving and kind of dancing and it starts mimicking my actions oh. with its huge fins. And we start That's dancing amazing. together. And then I realized that this is a baby whale and mama's coming up and it's even bigger. And then I'm like, wow, the sense of like that we as a species have decimated whales for so many years. And still this mother whale is willing to bring its baby up to meet a human and play well, technically, it's it was coming to meet a mermaid. Breaking and amazing. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you have your superpowers. But all over the world. Yeah. Yeah, but all over the world, you know, you, whales come up for interaction with us. It's like they want to connect. They want to communicate. And listening to their whale song is so epic. It reverberates through every cell in your body it's so loud under the water you don't realize until you've had this experience that it's like having a crazy sound bath that's as loud as standing next to speaker stacks at a massive concert where it rumbles your rib cage and they're just making these like crazy sounds that go from so low you can't hear it to so high decibels that you can't register it um they say that there's more information in one whale song than in Encyclopedia Britannica, but we just don't know what they're saying. The The variation of sound is so huge. Do you think the future of mermaiding... <laughs> Lift your speechless there for a minute. <laughs> the future of mermaiding could include trying to translate whale songs? Oh, God, yeah. I know that there are people trying. They haven't cracked the code yet, but 
Yeah, I'm, I'm still listening. Story and finding to me when I heard it, yeah, when I heard it, it I came up afterwards and I just cried and I felt like I'd had a download and I realized I would be willing to put my life on the line for these creatures and I actually did when I went to the Bay of Blood in Taiji where they kill large dolphins every year and paddled out in when that was happening and stood off against the fishermen. Because I just, I'd been downloaded with this intelligence that they are sentient and that they're important for this planet. It's like, I felt like they're the living libraries of this planet. They hold wisdom. Wow. So what do you do to get ready to go underwater to interact with wildlife and, you know, do these photo shoots? So what, what kind of, what is your makeup routine? I have about a two- I have a two-hour prep time to get oh, ready wow. to do an underwater shoot. Amazing. Starts with um, moisturizing and then sunscreen, which I like. Thrive is a really great natural sunscreen that doesn't hurt the reef. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I will put Derma Blend makeup on, which is a super waterproof, big, thick coverage, but mm-hmm. feels good to me. And then I will do a highly pigmented matte eyeshadow called Carity because colors dissipate a lot when you're underwater because of the blue tones. So you actually yeah. need to warm it all up. Interesting. And then I will do a an eyeliner because I love a good wing with um, Wait, you do your Maybelline. own you do your own makeup. Oh yeah, absolutely. And now when other people want to do my makeup for like film and television, I'm kind of like, you know what? I'd prefer to do my own. You're like, I'm good. I I can do it. I know how to do this. Um, Yeah. I've been doing this for 21 years or something Uh as a mermaid. And I've been a model for close to 30 years. I'm certainly showing my age now. Um, But yeah, there's a wonderful eye waterproof eyeliner called hyper easy what is this it's a maybelline one just look up for the the hyper easy and then there's lash lash sensation from maybelline that's waterproof which is great and then i really love there's a, a foundation powder called eminent sun essence from the uh, from the brand cherry. eminence yes and it's called cherries and berries and it's actually a sun protection as well and i'm like how is that even possible but it's a powder it's a foundation and it's a sunscreen and it just basically sets it all i don't use a setting spray a lot of mermaids do but every time i've tried to use one it gets kind of like weird and flaky and kind of uh, a white sheen over it so i just set it with powder and it okay. seems to stay really well. I also recently found um, Sasha Buttercup setting powder, which I like. Mm-hmm. They make really nice kind of warm toned, golden toned powder that's really gets right in the pores and sets it. But also the main thing is I'm so well trained. I never touch my face when I'm in the water. I just right. blink my eyes to get the salt or the chlorine out. So people are kind of like, how do you do that? <laughs> but yeah, 20 years of practice. Oh, and then I love... Um, Maybelline Superstay 24-hour lip color. I actually do uh, mm, eyelash extensions too because I hate mascara and I just want to look good all the time. So that's Alyssa my was one wondering like, that. 
I actually, yeah, I, I yeah. actually, before we did this, I was asking Ariel, I wonder if she does lash extensions because then she doesn't have to deal with mascara underwater. Exactly. Yeah. And as good as any mascara is, it's never as nope. good as the lash extensions. And I hate just like trying to clean it off at the end of the day. And my eyes get, you know, I do get infections and stuff sometimes just from all the water work. So this just kind of helps at least alleviate a little bit of that. Um, I've tried glue on and stick on and like temporary my own lash extensions. None of it will stay underwater. Don't even bother <laughs> trying. You're, you either go full on lash extensions or use your mascara. There's nothing in between, girls. Um, That's really good to but know. But yeah, hair care. Yeah, <laughs> hair care. I use wigs underwater because my hair is kind of trashed from all the years of that. And um, so I use wigs and that's quite a process. I use wig glue around the front of my face and then um, I have a silicon band that holds the hair back. And then I put clips, like clips the wig in and then put the glue on and then a million pins and then like a headband just kind of secure it all. It looks pretty as well. So you don't yeah, want to had so many apps where I, I, there's one fun story where I was performing at Atlantis resort in the Bahamas in the shark tank yeah. as a mermaid. And all these hundreds of tourists are like going, Oh my God, it's a mermaid. She's in the shark. Oh, this is so cool. And then I'm like <laughs> waving through it the is. windows. Kids are like, ah, she's a real mermaid. And my wig fell off <gasps> and it like I started floating away like a dead rat. Oh, and no. I was just like, Oh my God. I, like grabbed it, like shoved it on my head and came up to the top. Just like, Oh, mommy, no. where's her hair going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I won't make that mistake again. And especially like with, I, I have, teach so many people who come and they haven't affixed their wig or crown or headpiece or whatever they've just put a couple pins and they think because it works in dry it's going to work underwater like no there's it's serious you gotta like weave that anchor it down your head yeah anchor it glue it anchor it pin it (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah as far as hair care for me I was not blessed with Great hair. Um, thank my parents for the other genetics, but I did not get the good mix in that. It's frizzy. So I put a lot of oil in it. I always just kind of like keep it up in a loose ponytail most of the time and just try to baby it. But yeah, I use a lot of different products. I'm using at the moment Duo InfiniWell product to, to like try and bring my hair back at the mm-hmm. moment. I don't know how. I think probably all mermaids are probably in real realistically bald. Because I don't know how you would have this gloriously long flowing locks and do. That's do that how you know. That's how you know that they can't actually be real natural mermaids. <laughs> There's no way the hair. That's that's the only thing that doesn't make sense. Yeah. The rest of it is all all totally yeah. possible. It's all spot on. Yeah, yeah. You'll stay fit. You'll be beautiful and bronzed and (laughs) have glowing skin. But yeah. So I saw in the Netflix documentary that um, some mermaids, I don't know if you do it, but you have to use personal lubricant to get the fin on. Is that true? Well, I, it is true, but I have tails that I've created myself over the last 20 years. And the way that I do it is I create a wetsuit neoprene sleeve that has a zipper up and down the back. And it's covered in tiny little hand-stitched scales, which takes six months to create each tail. 
And then I have decorative silicon fins all over the ends of the dorsal and the side fins. So it has, it's a hybrid. Um, okay. And the beauty of that is it's stretchier than a silicon. Yeah. It fits better. Uh -huh. And it has a zipper up the back. <laughs> but the bad part is I'm continually fixing little scales and maintenance. And so yeah. it, they definitely have a shelf life. Where I have to wear weights in my tail because the neoprene lifts me a little bit into buoyancy. And with the silicon, if it's made right, they should be neutral buoyancy. So I'm always carrying these damn weights around with me. Uh, airports <laughs> don't like them. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're actually in the... Sh they're in the shape. They're flat um, uh, metal shoe inserts. Each one's one pound oh and I have 12 of them. Oh. And I keep trying to take them on the plane with me so I don't have to pay for the... And they're just like, this is a weapon. I'm like, they're my dive shoes. And they're like, what are you talking about? They have no I idea. I mermaid tail. That doesn't help. <laughs> like, what is this lady talking about? <laughs> <laughs> they definitely, I've worked for two airlines. They definitely, you, you learn like pretty much everything people bring on. Like how to handle dry ice, how to ha handle guns, how to handle like, you know, service animals, right. which vary in things. But I can tell you that they never once talked about that. Concerned <laughs> yeah, about how likely do you think it is that they're a gonna, mermaid is going to hijack a plane, though? Realistically, they're right with some shoe weights. <laughs> yeah, with some shoe weights, literally. <laughs> Come on, common sense. <laughs> um, well, I'm really curious. Um, at, you know, as a, an esthetician and a waxer and everything, I I'm curious about like like leg and body hair and how it works with your your tail. Oh, I've lasered and all that shit. Oh, really? Okay, because I was going to say, do you like, regularly shave wax? So you lasered it. Just... Yeah, best thing I ever did. Amazing. <laughs> like, I don't ever want to have to have all the sessions again and again, but. it's a. I mean, it, I imagine it'd be a lot of upkeep because with waxing, you do have to let it grow out in order to right. wax it. And then with mm -hmm. shaving, I mean, it really depends on your growth, how fast you grow, but you, you could be shaving like every other day. I just found with the shaving and the ocean and the salt and the chlorine, it was just not a good situation for yeah. underwater work. Yeah, I can imagine because shaving exfoliates your legs or your body every time you do it. And then you're exfoliating and you're mm -hmm. going into the ocean with like raw. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Oof. sighs> And like, what about after like post photo shoot body care? Do you have, do you notice that there are any areas on your face, on your body that you feel you need to pay extra attention to or a routine that you do to keep your, your skin happy and healthy? Yeah. You know, I keep it pretty simple. I'm always like take all the makeup off completely and just cleanse really well. And then I use Tortuga extra moisturizing skincare and it, it's just super super hydrating and I just kind of slather that all over and then I use a lot of coconut oil on my body and I'm just can, I'm naturally dry anyway and I live in Los Angeles and mm. I'm in the sun all the time so I'm just like a dry leathery couch <laughs> I'm just like slathering <laughs> you know but I will only use organic all natural all the stuff on my body that makes sense. Except for the makeup when I've got to go in the in the ocean. Right. And you have to use um, a lot of glitter, right? It, when you... 
I don't usually actually use much glitter, but when I do, it's definitely the biodegradable glitter. Biodegradable. Make sure to tell people for that because every yeah. mermaid loves glitter. So <laughs> like, for anyone out sure there, the <laughs> anyone out there thinking about going in the ocean and doing your own mermaid photo shoot, make sure biodegradable yeah. glitter. And don't use and use the reef, reef safe. Yeah, use the reef safe sunscreen. Everyone should do that, whether fall. you're a mermaid or yes. a per, just anybody all the time. I mean, yeah, make sure that it should be outlawed. It should just all be natural, amazing some, underwater sunscreen. Yeah, some states have banned, like fully banned, non-reef safe mm-hmm. sunscreens. Yeah, why? Like As they should. As they yeah. should. Why offer it? Exactly. I mean, as soon as we realize that it wasn't reef safe, it should just be immediately like toss it all on the trash. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Fingers crossed. We're moving in that direction. I Love think, it. yeah, I think that there, um, there is a lot of growth in that like sustainability, sustainable beauty market right now. And I hope to see more, more growth, you know, more stores offering recycling programs for beauty products or refilling bottles instead of throwing them in the trash, you know, cause trash always ends up in the ocean. Totally. Exactly. There's the, the huge trash in the middle of the ocean. That's like the size of Texas, three times the size of Texas or something. It's like, I, I've been to places where I went and it was pristine and then I'd come back three years later and all this trash was just all over the beaches and the ocean. I was in Bali a couple of years back swimming with massive manta rays, like far off land and everything was pristine and beautiful. And then the wind changed, the current changed and all this trash just started coming out of nowhere. And there were these plastic bags all floating around and we're like, oh my God, we have to pick up all the trash so that the manta rays don't suck it into their mouth. Yeah, so we spent the whole photo shoot just cleaning the ocean. Oh my gosh! So yeah, it it is pretty dire. Well, sometimes there. being a servant of the sea literally means picking up trash from the ocean while you're doing a photo Absolutely. shoot. Absolutely, that's yeah. that's really wonderful. Yeah. And we hope that everyone yeah, listening sort of th- thinks a second time before buying a product that might not be safe for the ocean. Totally. And if you see some trash on the beach, like just pick it up, take it away. Cause that is going to end up in the belly of some bird or fish. And yeah, there's, it's so easy for us to just like take things with us. Every time you go for a walk or go to the beach, just take a little baggie with you and you can just put some stuff in it, take it away. Alyssa, we should do that. Make a big difference to each animal. We should do that today in Half Moon Bay. Yeah, we are literally walking distance from the ocean right now. <laughs> we could definitely do that. Take the dogs oh, on a walk and go do that. Hannah, have you ever been to Half Moon Perfect. Bay? I haven't. It sounds so romantic. It is. It's really wonderful. Half I love Moon living Bay. here. Our um, mutual connection, Tiffany. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Tiffany because mm-hmm. I love her. And she's how. <laughs> yeah, Tiffany. Um... Tiffany came to remember Atlanta's retreat in Bali a couple years back. And she was. So fun and so beautiful and so self-expressed. We loved it. I know. And I think it's so fitting how um, she, when she first came to me, we bonded over the wax I use, which is mermaid wax. And then she got we got into a, uh-huh. talking about mermaids and she told Perfect. me about you. Right? My first appointment ever with her. And that was truly how we connected. Oh, that's amazing. 
and she's but she and I are are dying to have are. you in Half Moon Bay. So if you ever make it out here, we'll we'll show you all of it. Yeah, Thank stop you. by Lash and Beauty Bar, I which will is definitely hit you up. We like to do a few more segments. We have Ask an Esty, which is our listener questions. So every episode, Alyssa answers some questions from listeners. Question number one from Adam in Putnam, Connecticut. He wanted to know if, have you ever had an uncomfortable encounter waxing a client? What do you do if a client starts getting ghoulish? And I think ghoulish, when he says ghoulish, he means creepy. Um, And so for Hannah, we'd also want to know if you've ever had any uncomfortable encounters as a mermaid. So I'll let you start. There's there's a thing called mervert, which is a term (laughs) specifically for those perverts that have a special affinity for hassling mermaids. And any professional mermaid you talk to has a story and I've got plenty. I don't know how many you want me to tell you, but at least one. There are definitely some weird ones. Um, Your favorite. I mean, funny. (laughs) <laughs> Here's one that was funny and, and kind of harmless because it was just email. But uh, this guy wrote to me and he said, oh, you know, I'm, I so love you. You're so amazing. Blah, blah. I was like, that's nice. And then he said, I'm coming to Australia to visit you and I'm going to stay in your house and <gasps> you should have my passport be, so that you know who I really am. <gasps> he sent me his passport picture. I'm like, okay, this is getting weird. And then he sends me another photo and he's this like, elderly fat german dude who is laying in a concrete floor in some bright fluorescent like speedos posing with like a net somewhat artfully draped over him and he's all like yeah take a look take a look at that and i'm just like oh wow okay well at least i have his like report him if anything ever so yeah there's definitely some strange characters out there they're definitely wow. oh my gosh that's both horrifying and hilarious <laughs> some Did confidence you- he has here's a really weird niche i actually yeah I, I have some um like fan stalkers that are obsessed oh. with my feet which is extra weird because yeah. i'm a mermaid mermaids are like there's places you can see a lot of feet but they're they they follow me because I'm a mermaid because then they sometimes get to see a human photo of my feet and then they get very excited. Uh, that's so bizarre. <laughs> well, I, uh, oh my gosh. Have you ever thought about making weird. money off of that? <laughs> I haven't, but there is a uh wiki feet page that I've been shown. Oh, okay. And I apparently I have a page on wiki feet. You know that I've doesn't surprise me. Feet. Oh it's for celebrity feet. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. I didn't know this. Wow you learn something yeah. new every day. I'm not sure why I know yeah, this. I wish I, I could make some money from my feet. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you could if you if you really wanted to, but you know, obviously not the priority. Hey, all you perverts out there, you want to see some feet? Let's go. <laughs> Fifty bucks a pop. <laughs> I try to be as like open to all client requests as possible. Um, of course. And you know, if a, a man is requesting a manzillion or brozillion or whatever you want to call it, um, 
I try to go in with an open mind. Uh, I have occasionally gotten requests where they literally write like happy ending. (gasps) And I'm just like, just deleting. Yes. Bold. I did have um, (laughs) one guy messaged me saying, do you do a sack and crack wax? (gasps) And I was like, I that's hilarious, but I'm going to not respond to this one. Um, <laughs> um, and then you didn't use I, the right terminology. <laughs> it's like, it's, that's not what it's called. Um, I mean, I guess you could put it on the website as that, but I, no. I feel like that would attract the wrong clientele. Um, I, I have had plenty of male clients who are totally respectful. I mean, and normal. And then I've had one client who he just asked weird questions. Like he, he asked me if guys get hard during that and like how I feel about it and like just kind of kept going into it. And then he was like, I don't understand why anyone would come to get a wax for that reason. And I'm like, why are we talking about this while I'm doing right. this? Why are you thinking about it? Yes. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and I mean, the truth is they do sometimes and you kind of just ignore it and move on. Like don't acknowledge it. And it's almost like clinical. And, and yes, yeah. exactly. But yeah, he, I mean, he did end up having a situation and he's talking about it while it's happening, but trying to act like it's not awkward. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Poor guy. And he, so he was probably, he was trying to like choke it off or like figure it out. Exactly. I, I don't know. The, what I picked up from it was he was socially awkward oh. as opposed to creepy, but it was, it did make me uncomfortable. I'm like, no, we just don't talk about it. Like you just, it's <laughs> just the funniest thing because- when I'm waxing anyone down there, it's painful, you know, and, but we're having normal conversation. Like, so did you grow up here? And, yeah. you know, like, how's the weather? <laughs> how's the weather? Literally. Cause like, you just need to <laughs> not it, it, think about what's happening. And that was, <laughs> I think I'm fortunate that I haven't had a worse experience than that, but it was still yeah, kind yeah. of uncomfortable. Surprised and- anyone could get uh, aroused while that pain is happening, but yep, there takes all all kinds, right? I mean, yep. yeah. I think it maybe it's one of those things where because they're thinking about it, it's happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They they're manifested it know. on accident. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Trying so hard not to think about the thing. Oh, whoops. Now it's but happening. Don't talk about it and you talk about the weather yeah. instead. <laughs> Pro tip. Don't talk about it. Talk about the weather. Our second question is from Clara in El Granada, California. In terms of whole body skincare, how do I keep my skin soft? So Hannah, you mentioned that you are a big fan of all over body moisturizers, specifically using yes. natural products and coconut oil. Yes, but first do the skin brushing first thing in the morning Ooh. and then do the wet scrubby brushing in the shower and then do all your moisturizing and you will feel like baby bottom smooth. That sounds nice. Uh, that. That's my answer as well. Exfoliate, 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 and then moisturize. And skin brushing, like dry brushing is amazing. It helps with it. like fluid reduction. It helps with like reducing the appearance of cellulite and other things. And it exfoliates. I know you've recommended it drainage. Yep. because of my cellulite. <laughs> Just in general. We all have that. Yeah, we all have it. I haven't tried it, though. Is everyone dry brushing without me? 
Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's actually a really amazing way to wake yourself up in the morning. So like feel a little sluggish and then you just get up and just do that first thing as soon as you get out of bed and just like start moving things and you'll be like, oh, wow, I feel like I had a coffee. Amazing. That's actually really good advice. And it's, yeah. And it also is kind of like a really nice self-care thing. And it becomes a, first, it's a little bit like, oh, it's a lot of sensation. But after you get used to it, it's kind of like being brushed by a giant kitty cat. You're like, oh, oh this God. is why they like being hot so much and brush. This is, this is good. That sounds nice. Are you supposed to wash a dry, br- dry brush? Does like a dry brush? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Anything that you're using on your body like that, you should be washing. Um, you can like even, you know, like your, your the scrubby gloves that you wear in the yeah. shower, you can wash those in the washing machine. And yeah. I've started doing that, that thanks to you bacteria builds up on stuff and if you're dry brushing it's dead skin cells that are sitting in it and oil and other things so so how often are you supposed to wash a dry brush I mean once a week is probably fine if you could wash it often I mean as often as you can <laughs> but just wash it I do mine about once a week or so I feel yeah. like it's just something that I would forget to do is wash the dry brush well like- if you're if you're dry brushing you'll got it in your hand so you'll probably remember at some point okay 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 our last segment today is called rate my routine and that is where Alyssa gives a rating to one of our listeners routines but I think today Hannah if you want to share your skincare routine Alyssa can give you a rating what do you think about that sure mine's very basic so <laughs> okay so skin brushing and then um shower and then uh sometimes I'll do a little scrub in exfoliation of the face but generally I'm just using a Dr. Bronner's soap on the face and body and um then I will use Tortuga moisturizing 100% organic on the face and um, some like coconut oil or some other like lotions, creams that are all natural on the body. And that's about it. And yeah, yeah you mentioned simple. you use the sunscreen. I mean, sunscreen gives you like six out of 10 just for having wearing sunscreen because a lot of people don't. And yeah. for me, I'm like, that's zero mm-hmm. out of 10. You're not wearing sunscreen. None of it. None of the other stuff matters. But <laughs> and then, you know, because you're in the like the pool and the ocean so much, I do think there are a lot of like um, products that you could be using like uh, vitamin C, a retinol, stuff like that. But I don't know if retinol. Oh, I do have great. a ret. I do have a retinol that I, but I use it only when I'm not going to be in the sun much. Exactly, because I don't know if not, with the if you're like you know doing weeks and weeks and weeks of stuff, retinol would probably be mm-hmm. too harsh on your skin. But I would say you could add a vitamin C serum because it helps against sun damage and everything, and with the production of collagen. But I would say, you I mean you've got a great routine. It seems like you're doing exactly what you should be doing for what your your job is, you know, being in the ocean and everything. So I'd say nine out of 10. Ooh. Yay. Nice. <laughs> I think that's a that's a, one of the highest ratings that we've had so far. All right. Good job, Hannah. Yeah. Killing it. So I must be doing something right. Well, oh, no, if- you look amazing. Like you, I would not have guessed that at all um, when you said – Something was 30 been years modeling ago. I was from, like, oh, yeah. oh my gosh. I thought you were like 30. 
Yeah. So, yay. Nine out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so, so much, Hannah, for joining us for your Bestie SD podcast. For everyone listening, thank you. And subscribe and download to your Bestie SD podcast wherever you get your shows. And check out yeah, the documentary if a- you haven't yet. Yes. Yeah, Hannah People is super fun. And then if there's any people out there that want to try their hand at underwater modeling or being a mermaid, I do run workshops and classes. I'm doing a lot of workshops in Los Angeles. I'm actually doing a workshop in Taiwan. I'm doing one in Australia later in the year. And I'm doing one in Cozumel in a a month. Um, And then there's the Remember Atlantis retreat in Bali, which is a week-long immersion for learning how to do sacred dance and mermaid underwater modeling. So, yeah, lots on offer there. Come and join me underwater and there's the sea. And that's, um, you can find everything about Hannah at hannahmermaid.com. Awesome. Thanks so much and bye for now. Bye.